Welcome to the Bodybuilder Podcast. This is a podcast where we chat about all things health, fitness, career, mindset, relationships, oh, and of course, a bodybuilding. Think of it as your weekly catch up with the gals, only it's me. So if you're ready to make that big initial step to feeling confident and strong, you've come to the right place. So grab your cup of coffee and let's get talking. Hey guys, and welcome back to episode two of the Dot Bodybuilder podcast. Today's episode is going to be surrounding the facts about bodybuilding. What is it? Why I started it? And just some of the main factors that bodybuilding brings, you know? You know, it's not just about lifting heavy weights and it's not just about stepping up on that stage in a bikini, showing your stuff. There is so much more to it than people actually think. So I'm just going to dive into some of these main areas and how we can really change our body for a bodybuilding show. But as always, before we do that, we are going to do the weekly wrap up. This week has been a hectic week. Well, for starters, on Tuesday, it was my birthday. I turned 23. I feel so old. <laughs> I'm already starting to see some of the wrinkles and everything, but um, let's not think about that. And then we also got news from Dan Andrews. For those who live in Victoria, he is the government body who kind of like dictates what Victoria does and how we go about life. So on Sunday, he did actually say to us that we can have easing of some of these restrictions. And that was the fact that the curfew is no longer here. Pretty much that and the fact that personal trainers can go back to face-to-face clients. So this week has been a hectic week with me doing face-to-face and learning to find a new routine. And I don't know if anyone has ever found a new routine, But this shit is hard. This shit is exhausting. And it's just so stressful having that or finding that balance between life, social, and work. And also just finding a new work routine. You know, I'm now having to travel to work instead of working from home all the time. You know, there's so many different factors to think about. So that was pretty much my week. I spent majority of the time stressing (laughs) and just trying to get my head around this whole new way of life. Which brings me to today's episode, bodybuilding. And if you did listen to my last episode, you would have learned a little bit about why I chose it and when I actually started to do bodybuilding. But I'm not going to really dive into the history side of things that much because, well, you learned a lot about that last week. So this week, I'm just going to talk about bodybuilding, what it is, and the different factors around it. With bodybuilding, you have to have that strong passion and that strong eager to want to really do it. Bodybuilding is a sport. And with any type of sport, you have to be in it 110%. You can't be in a bodybuilding comp and be prepping for a show and not be in it 110%. If you do, 
and you are in a prep and you give it 80 or 60%, don't expect to come out the other end with 100% results. Don't expect to come out of that show with a pro status. That shit takes hard work and that shit takes 110% commitment, dedication, and that fire in that belly to want to keep going. Because I can tell you now that when you are deep in a comp prep, five weeks, four weeks, three weeks out, you are tired, lethargic, hungry. Oh, they're hunger pains. Oh, if you have ever been in a comp prep and you've ever felt hungry, oh, that shit is hard. Not only that, you still have to train. You still have to keep going despite feeling all these emotions. So if you didn't care about the sport that much, you wouldn't be able to overcome these hurdles that you will face. You know, especially when you are having a partner. (laughs) I'm going to get real with you guys, but when you are three or four weeks out, this is something no one ever tells you. But your sex drive and, and your libido will plummet. And I'm telling you, it will plummet. I tried to have sex. It would have been almost peak week. So second week out from comp. And I tell you, that sex was terrible. Like I've never had that bad sex in my life. But that's because you, your body goes into survival mode. It doesn't want you to have sex. It doesn't want you to expel that energy. It's trying to keep you alive. 100%. It's trying to keep you alive and trying to stop you from dying. So when you're deep in comp prep, you have to be in it to win it. <laughs> it's a very selfish sport. It's very, very soul devoted. And you have to be able to be strong enough to cancel on social events. You have to be strong enough to say no. And you have to be strong enough to have that willpower to keep going when times get tough. This is the sport of bodybuilding. And this is what every single competitor will go through. So this brings me back to the point of why did I choose bodybuilding? Well, I like a bit of a challenge and I like to really challenge myself. And this is something that bodybuilding aspired to me. And it really took my calling because I like that challenge and I like being able to take my body to the extreme. I know it might sound really weird, but there's just something about uh, doing a comp prep that is hard, but it's also fun. It's rewarding. You get to see your body change. You get to see your body go to extreme lengths that you've never taken it before, but you have to have that strong passion to do it. One of the biggest lessons that I learned during my bodybuilding comp last year was hands down the fact that I can conquer anything, that I can overcome those days where I have to be on the stepper for another 30 minutes. The amount of time I left F45 work and straight after work of working from 5 a.m., until 6 p.m. at night and then having to go on the stepper 
before dinner and then having to go home and eat dinner and then go to bed and then do the same thing day after day. I kid you not, I cried majority of the time that I was on that sepa. I didn't want to be there. I did not want to be on that sepa, but I was determined to give this a red hot crack and I was determined to be able to step up on that stage and be so goddamn proud that I gave that show everything I had. I wanted to be proud of myself. I wanted to be proud of who I am and how I got there. That's what bodybuilding is. Bodybuilding is learning to be proud of yourself. It's about learning to appreciate the good. It's about learning to overcome the bad. But you have to really think about before you actually dive into it. Something that I wish I did, but I still did it, you know. And if you ever learn anything from this podcast is to give it a go. You know, what do you have to lose? But bodybuilding isn't just about getting up on that stage and shutting yourself. Your genetics will play a huge role in how you go. Not everyone can do bodybuilding. Not everyone has the genetics to get that lean. And not everyone has that genetics to build that muscle mass. This all comes down to how you're made up in your body. You know, if your parents physically don't have that muscle mass on them, if they physically just don't have that strength and you have been to the gym time and time again and tried to build muscle, you've done everything and you just can't do it, then clearly bodybuilding isn't for you. Unfortunately, genetics will often make or break how we go about life and what we choose to do. We can't always do what we want. Our genetics will play a huge role in this. I'm sure every athlete out there, every pro athlete has figured this out for themselves. You know, like a lot of powerlifters might have figured out that their mechanics of how they go into their squat, how they do their bench, how they do their deadlift will often play a role in how they lift that weight. Not every single person on this earth can squat to death. This is reliant on your hips, your hip structures, your flexibility, your genetics, how your bones are made up. You know, not everyone can be a powerlifter. Not everyone can be a bodybuilder. But that doesn't mean that you don't give this a red hot crack. Something that I learned so much and something that I learned through all my experiences in life is you don't know unless you try it. And I read this quote the other day and it is that the answer will always be no if you don't ask. I don't know, but if your parents ever told you that, but I remember mum used to always say that because I used to be scared of asking mum for questions, you know, being like, mm, can I have that chocolate? I used to be scared. That's the thing. The answer is always going to be no if you don't ask. Just like you're never going to know if you don't do it. Obviously, practice makes perfect. And if you really want something, you can dive deep into it. And there's also cheat ways of going about it, such as anabolic steroids. But we're going to dive into that later in this season. 
So this is just a little bit behind the scenes of bodybuilding, what it's like to be a bodybuilder, how I went about my season last year, and how much it can really affect you. All right, so that's a little bit about genetics and how they play a role. Let's cut the corner a little bit and talk about peak week. Ah, the topic that everyone is always so controversial about. You know, there are so many different things that you can do when it comes to peak week and getting your body pretty much prepped for show. Now, I'm not an expert at this and later on in the season, I will be getting experts to talk about this and actual bodybuilder pros. But I know that there is so many different things that you can do to get your body prepped for that stage. And that is water loading, salt or sodium. There's also things as front loading, back loading. Literally, there is so many different things that you can do to get your body ready. But ideally, if you get to one week out and your body isn't in condition to get up on that stage, (laughs) then you're just not ready to get up on that stage. It's pretty much as simple as that. When you are one week out from that show, you should be prepped mentally and physically to be able to get up on that stage. Peak week is such a big week and there's so much stresses about peak week and how to go about it. If you have a good coach and you trust your coach well enough, they should be able to get you ready for that show. And this is something that I definitely learned when I did my two shows by myself. I had to trial and error different things for each show. My first show, I probably wasn't as ready as what I could have been. And that's when I came in so much more leaner for ICN Worlds than I did for ICN Victoria Championships. But I also had that extra time to get myself ready. Because when I started my prep for ICN Vic Championships, I started 15 weeks out. And for a lot of coaches, that's crazy. Because ideally, you want to have at least 20 weeks prep, at least. This just gives you a bit more time to trial and error a few things and get your body ready because you're going to need those extra couple of weeks to get yourself ready. And it also allows you to have those diet breaks and those moments if you do fuck up, you can get back on track because if you do that 15 weeks out, And if you fuck up too much when you only have 15 weeks to get complete, it makes it a lot more harder and it makes more harder on you and your body. And this is ideally where you do end up fucking up your body. And it's something that I ended up doing, you know, because I did it by myself. I ended up losing my period and any doctors or any hormonal experts out there would tell you this is a terrible thing to do. When you lose your period, it's it's serious. It's no messing around. And I lost it for almost a year. Like it was a long time before I got my period back. And I spoke to a lot of girls who had had this happen to them. 
And they said about a month or two months after their show, they ended up getting it back. And I was pretty confident. I was like, yeah, nah, my body is pretty cool. Like it'll bounce back pretty well because I only really lost it a month out from my show. So four weeks, which is really like unusual for a lot of girls. Usually this shit happens around the two month mark. Like it happens pretty early for a lot of girls. But for me, I only lost it four weeks out for my show, which is pretty good. But that just means that I lost it for almost a year. Like I didn't get my period back until eight or nine months after my show. And right now in 2020, my period is still not as regular as it was before I did my comp. So this is why it's so important to girls get a good coach that one knows the female body and two knows about the hormones like something that I can't stress enough and something that actually will have a person talk about much more in next week's episode but for now I'm just going to tell you about me and my experience if any girl has ever lost their period you guys would know that it feels weird when you don't get your period like I don't know if anyone can relate, but it just doesn't, you don't feel like yourself. You don't feel like you have your shit together. You don't feel like a girl, you know, because you should be going through every cycle. You know, every month you should be able to have that bleed. Every month you should be able to ovulate, you know, and when you don't have those regulations in your body, you feel like, you kind of feel like you're empty. It's a really weird feeling to describe and that's, why it's so important to have that doctors get your blood test done make sure that especially post-comp you go straight into reverse diet or even a recovery diet when you do finish a show there is two different types of ways you can come out of a comp and that is recovery and reverse diet a reverse diet is when you slowly reverse up to your maintenance calories And for those who don't know what maintenance calories is, this is a set amount of calories that you will sit at and won't lose or gain weight. So ideally post-comp, you want to slowly, week by week or month by month, slowly work your way up to those maintenance calories, whether that's 2,000, 1,800. Because generally when you're in a prep, you're probably down to the low numbers of like, 1,300. So you want to slowly build yourself back up. Whereas a recovery diet is where you snap back straight into maintenance. So you don't worry about those weeks and those months trying to slowly work your way back up to maintenance. Pretty much straight after that comp, you go straight into your maintenance calories. Yes, you will gain weight. Yes, you might feel a little bit bloated, but this can help your body recover a lot quicker than doing a reverse diet. Now, both are fine. Both are not as worse as another. They're just different and work differently for every person. So this is probably something that I should have done. I should have done a recovery diet rather than a reverse diet because my body was so severely low in absolutely everything and need to quickly get replenished fast. But this is something a coach can help you with. And I did actually get a coach to help me with my reverse diet because I had no idea 
what I was doing. And I know a lot of people advise me to get a coach, especially when it comes to reverse dieting. Because like, and a lot of people will agree with me with this, that reverse dieting is almost harder than the comp itself because those temptations are there and there's no structure, nothing stopping you from binge eating and nothing stopping from just going nuts. Yeah, a lot of people would agree with this, that reverse dieting is almost harder than the comp prep itself because you have all those temptations just staring at you and you don't have that goal to stop you and to rein you back. You don't have that accountability to stop you from wanting to binge eat and wanting to, you know, eat that whole cake because you don't have that goal anymore. You don't have that physical goal of having that physique to show to the world when you get up on that stage. You're just relying on the fact that you need to get better quicker to be able to get back to normal life because being complete is so not maintainable. You can't be that lean all year round and you can't be physically lean like that and still live a life, especially when you're on 10% body fat. Your body's in starvation mode. Your libido is gone. Your hunger hormones are through the roof. You can't sleep. You're stressing all the time. Your body's under constant fight or flight response. And that is not a good way to live. So something to really, really think about when you are going to compete for bodybuilding is to really make sure you are willing to give it that 100% effort because it will get hard. It will get exhausting, but you have to have that strength within yourself to keep going, especially when you fuck up. You have to have that strength to kick yourself in the butt and get back up because your coach can't be there to grab that chocolate out of your hand. Your coach can't be there to pull you off the side. They can only do the best that they can through their communication with you. In the end, it's up to you and it's up to you to know how far you're willing to take this. So I asked you guys this question, how bad do you want it? How bad are you willing to go to get it? Anyway, I just thought I'll throw that in there. As always, if you guys did like this episode, to please like, share and comment below. But as always, I will see you guys next week, Monday at 6 p.m. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to the Dot Body Builder Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Cordo. You can find me on Instagram as Shannon T. Cordo underscore PT or as YouTube as Shannon Cordo. Don't forget, if you like this episode, to share it, tag your friends or comment below. On Insta, I follow this podcast. It's just the.bodybuilderpodcast. And for my lovely YouTubers in the visuals, well, you can see me back here every Monday at 6 p.m. Whether I'm in my pink tracksuit with slides or just in my cute little getup because it's hashtag fashion. Okay, I'm going to get out. Bye.